Count us off, Brendo. Three, two, one. Brendo, 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 Brendo. Where the Brendo man comes, comedy contest, oppression, and funds. Wherefore the Brendo Man comes, comedy, contest, oppression, and fun! It's back! It's back, <laughs> it's back baby! The Comedy Contest 2022! Is this enough comedy contest enthusiasm for you, Brent Lowry? In nine months since <laughs> we sat here talking to Kelly Ryan about her victory. And you guys are still here while she's on the Netflix is a joke special. <laughs> and who is Kelly Ryan? The winner Portland's of funniest person. Our, our listeners may not know that. Maybe they're here for Brenda. 2021's winner. Here we are. We gotta have her back on the show when she's here. Yeah, she'll be judging the semifinals, so not even our, like, the next round. Is she judging or hosting? Hosting. Gotcha. Oh, not There's not an extra round this year. She'll be judging. Let's talk she about that. She will be judging. Oh, yeah, she'll definitely rip off of everything everybody says. Oh, wait, let's introduce our guest first. I'm Brendan Creasy. This is my brother Carson. Carson Crashley. And then we're here with Imani and Brent Lowry. And you guys both advanced to the quarterfinals. That's right. Night one and night two are in the books. Let's do a quick for our listeners rundown of night one. I was in the audience, so I watched. The The lineup got shuffled quite a bit. Really did. did. Because it originally had Jeremy. Original lineup. Clancy Kramer, Kelly Irwin, Tanner Torkelson, CJ Hunt, Richie Albrook, Brent Lowry, Lucas A.C. O'Neill, and a whole bunch of other names. I mean, and that ended up being what it almost was, except Dan Weber showed up. Then, that, imagine that was you're in a the, scary moment for, <laughs> for everybody. You're in a contest. You're, you, you've been staring at the lineup for weeks. Three Did he trade with days. Cameron or with Jaron? So, <clears throat> I don't know who changed with who, but... Uh, I switched with Jaron. Cameron switched with somebody else. A lot of switching going on. A lot of switching. Kelly Irwin didn't go up. Kelly Irwin didn't go up. Neither did Blake. Uh, Chris Ettrick was one on the original list. Gone. I don't know who that is. Out of sight, out of mind. But walking in, I think it was probably Dan's favorite moment was just, I think he got there early and just sat at the bar with his arms crossed, like back against the wall, and all these comics came in. It was already a good lineup. And then the first person they see is Dan, and they're like, oh shit, is he is he competing too? I remember being pissed that Todd Armstrong was like a floater into my round. And I would just be like, because you're like, oh, I, there's three spots, and if if, if if this person goes, and, that, and then, then that's my spot. And if you're like, I need that third spot, and then Dan Weber drops in, you're like, whoa. Yeah, I don't know if I was mad. I was expecting Lance to be there because he said he was going to yeah. walk on. So Lance Edwards. Lance, Dan. Sir Lance Edwards. Sir Lance Edwards. Both very strong comics, so it was the same sort of thing. Well, if we can't, yeah, there's two spots now. And Lance <laughs> was in my round last year, and so I did not advance. No, he's good. If he stays under time, he's, he's solid. He, and Dan, he's Dan, under time, he's and solid. Dan got the last spot, too, so it was like, okay. They're gonna go out with. Oh, the last spot's not always an advantage. Not always, but if it. 11, 12 comics, audience fatigue sets in. I would take last over first. They're already filling in their ballots and like, oh, I only have. I already ranked everyone else. Sorry, Dan. No, that's true. You went like right in the middle. Fifth. Okay. Well, let's go right to the kickoff. Who, who, who? Adam Posse's back hosting. How was his intro set? Great moment. Okay, because let's be real. That was the day of the shooting. 
the school oh, shooting. Shit, yeah. Yes. Which one? Yeah, the which school one? Where in the Texas. elementary school. No. So, like, the air of the day, it was still light out. Tense. It was only a few hours before that. It was like, the la- laughs were there, but they weren't a collective. Like, oh, the room has popped. They needed permission to laugh. But what happened was, during the intro, when they read the rules and they go, uh, we don't want to kick anybody out, but if we will, we'll, if we have to, we will. And some guy in the audience went, no, you won't. And Posse heard that. But he didn't address it until the very end of his set. So he goes, now, let's before we start this, let's go over the rules. I heard some guy say, we won't kick you out. And he did his same thing where he goes, we hate hecklers normally, but in a contest, we'll kill you or something <laughs> like that. He added this whole thing directed at this guy where he's like, every comic on this lineup got a drink, which means they have a glass and they will break it and put it in your body. Yes. <laughs> There's 11 of us versus one of you. And it like rallied the crowd in this whole kind of like raucous way. Uh, so you're in the audience, Imani, for night one. Yeah. Are you sitting with comics? Are yes, you sitting I, with friends? Sitting with, What's uh, the vibe from the comic zone? Are you I was sitting sound with booth? some of my friends. I was sitting with Juan Duran and... Um, Elijah Bang, Ajay Diwale, and um, Hewitt Packensecker. So I was sitting with them, and then um, Kayla Evans, who was also in the round, she came and snuck in. Good to watch. Check it out, especially if you're going up towards the end. And Um, she had never seen the contest before. Yeah, she wasn't even living in Oregon when the contest happened last year. And Kayla Evans was... Great. Hilarious! Oh my god, she killed. It. I saw her set; it's really good. There's a lot of people like. Good. What's I mean? Obviously, advancing is great, but sometimes the very next best thing is having your friends be like, "Oh, and you know, this person, this in this case, it Kayla didn't been, advance, yeah. but it had been was closed. Amazing. Yeah, it that's what. Like, and she it has that. She has that clip to send to everybody Everybody's who has no idea whether she made it through. They don't even know it's a contest. No. Yeah. So that clip will serve her well, and uh, the nice thing that was about the order coming out like less than a week before the contest was nobody really had a chance to psych themselves. Out. Sure. So everyone was just up there going for it. Like nobody had run through their set twenty five times and changed it a million times. It was just people kind of some people having their biggest crowds that they've had in their comedy career so far, like Lucas Cop, Tanner Torkelson, like. Those were big audiences. Tanner's probably had bigger crowds, but uh, it was fun to see those guys like rise to the occasion. Yeah. And I think having no big waves, certainly. graduates of the garages, <laughs> garages <laughs> graduates. Yeah, that's funny. Host of former host of the garages in Beaverton. Now. Sure, shout sure. out. That was our first venturing that was, that was out. Post pandemic. So we created it. But anyway, night one. Night one. Let's stay focused. It came. Stay focused. <laughs> it went. We got two nights, plus we got something just so... Walk, walk me through it. You, you you had your set. When did you go up? Middle? Fifth, early? so right after Maricha, who also advanced. Okay. So the room was already warm. Um, the one comic that I didn't know on there was DJ Hup. He went right before Maricha. Um He's advanced in the contest before. He has? Yeah, I know, because I was in his round. Wow. I was like, who's DJ? Oh, he's moving on. I'm not. Okay. So, he's funnier than me. <laughs> he had a joke about um, driving, like, as a, as if it was a contest. Like, driving on the road. Mm. And um, being contest an announcer, like, at a, like, just talking about what it's like in Portland to drive. Mm. So, like, you know how people would announce at, like, a NASCAR. And be like, oh, he's... 
He's cutting him off, and he's doing... Ah, God. Yeah, so he got to show off his act-out voice. Yes, yeah, so he did yeah. an act-out oh, about... Bit. I think, I think if I recall, improv background, so improvisers, they love a good act-out. Right. DJ, he's, he's very... I think I, I follow him on Facebook, he's like, the contest is great. Every year, a complete non-stand-up gets to have fun in a sold-out room and see what the heck hef- happens. Sure, so. the, the old buoy, give it a shot. Give it a shot. <laughs> some people you see only during contest season, and some people... You see at Mike's in the weeks leading up to and through true. the contest, and some people you only see in the contest. Right, yeah. And no, that's, that's fine. true. The contest yeah. is for everybody. Everybody yeah. with $25. If we need 200 people to do it, we do anyway. <laughs> so, night one happens. Yes. You went up in the middle. You followed someone who advanced last year. Who's so the room was hot. Got festival. The, the, the room was hot. And then at the very end, Kayla Marie has a set, and you're like, not Kayla Marie, Kayla Evans. Kayla Evans. Her middle name is Marie, so... We're like that. Kayla and then Dan. Dan yeah, closed Dan. it out. Then so yeah, Dan nobody, nobody could no be sure knew. that they were going to advance at, at all. Uh, Posse held my name out as the third one, which I know is always like oh, the yeah. person he wants to like lead. He, he, he can decide who he's going to, you know, right, cause get the good news to yeah. first. Yeah, because it's not in any particular order, so I felt like I was like, oh, thanks for doing that. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. But no, it was a fun night. So night one happened. Very competitive. Our own Brent Lowry, Sharicha, and Dan Weber. Yes. Shout and out to it Randall. It was hard to vote. It was very hard to vote. Randall pumped out the videos within 12 hours. He had everybody's clips sent to them. I don't think we'll great? be seeing that again. <laughs> <I> <laughs> We're still waiting on night two's great? video. <laughs> Get on your shit, Randall. <laughs> I guess, yeah. At Randall, some point, of course. Videographer Supreme at Cranival Studios. There you go. Yes. Unofficial sponsor of he, the podcast. He's the only one guaranteed to make way more money than the winner of the contest. <laughs> <laughs> there are two people that make a lot of money on the contest. Helium? Um, well, helium's not a person. They're a business. There's a difference. <laughs> uh, the video, Randall. Uh, and also Lee Hinton, if he decides to do what he did one year when he was in the round and do his drumming in front on the way in. So he gets tipped on the way in and on the way out because he's he's doing his bucket drumming. Like, well, at least one of us is getting paid tonight. <laughs> that's that's not so. Was shout out to Lee Hinton. Was he also on the round? That yes. Night? So he performed outside, and then, and then after he did, either did or didn't advance, he went back outside. Yeah. To so play if you think again. about it, that's like an avant-garde theater experience because you're you're on your way into a comedy stamp comedy venue. You see a sh- uh, what appears to be a street performer doing their thing beforehand then you see them on stage and then you see them again it's an immersive evening of Lee <laughs> yeah, you're, you're like is that a street performer who pretended to do comedy or is that a comedian pretending to be a street performer you know I think Lee he think he did like an MFA in like performance art and percussion at like I know, like Humboldt Lee yes. he deserves all the shout outs I love Lee Sookie's regular come on down <laughs> Sookie's oh on a gosh. Tuesday night maybe Lee will bring a friend who Lee brought a friend who did stand-up for the first time. I was doing the sound check on Lee's electrified ukulele, and his friend just took the mic and started doing ten minutes of uninterrupted stand-up before the mic like, even started. like, this is an open mic, that's what that means. I just take the mic and <laughs> go. How and it, it took three of us to get the to get, get her off stage. Um, not in a violin, but just like <laughs> me trying the music, me trying the lights, Lee just like walking up to her and trying to grab the mic from her. She gets off stage, and within 30 seconds is back at the sound booth where I'm at, asking, well, when can I go up again? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's an open mic. But anyway. That's crazy. 
Yeah. The love of comedy. Night one in the (laughs) books. In the books. We drew our quarterfinal dates, and I get 11 full weeks before I have to even think about the contest. Wow. That's this like, this so they're gonna let's see, they're gonna be quarterfinals, semis, and finals like boom, boom, boom. Yeah, and the quarterfinals, new format this year. Yeah, and the quarterfinals are another uh, audience audience vote. I might have to bring people this time. <laughs> a good year for Bowie. Just kidding. Be <laughs> <laughs> the job of a comedian is to draw a crowd, sure. so there's no shame in bringing a crowd to a contest where the crowd votes. Sure, there's no shame, but your peers will be haters if they're jerks. It just means you could get all the way to the final, probably like eighteen to twenty-four, with just friends, not necessarily fans. You're a comedian; you're supposed to have fans. Fans, it's a part of the job. Fair, fair. That is true. Sure. Who is Gino Macarino? Oh yes, he's. Oh, we're on to night two. Night two. Night two. Gino is pretty cool. Um, He's a comic from. You told me San Diego. Mm -hmm. He's from. Um, and he said he's been I thought it was somebody's time. alias. You know what's crazy is his real name is Gene De Bruyler. Oh, De Bruyler. Okay, so there's so a Gene I, De Weber and oh, a Gene Oh, that's why. He's like, I can't. There can't be that many genes. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, well, you know yeah. there's a round that has Juan Duran and Juan Denmark in the same round. Like, hopefully that doesn't oh. backfire on them both. But I told them a, a word of advice. Address the fact that your guys are you guys are both in the round together. Sure, I'm Mexican one. <laughs> <laughs> just like, hey, just so you know, I'm the Mexican one. <laughs> I'm hey, I'm one. the black one. <laughs> so night two, <laughs> I wasn't there. We were fighting COVID at home. I'm keeping my marriage together with, with glue and sticks, so I won't be at as many <laughs> contests this year. Um, but I love it because the videos are coming out. I'm hearing about it. I get a podcast about it. We'll be in it. But for those of us on this podcast who were there at night two, what were some of the highlights? Um, specifically with my own set, it's just I felt free to like just kind of joke more than I was before. Like I would tell you something and then immediately add something else. Like, I, I created this line literally right before I went up. I tweet, I was, like, on Twitter, and I tweeted, um... You were doing tweets. I was you tweeting. You were reading tweets on a contest night. Well, it's not even that I was I reading tweets. I was thinking. I was like, I need something that's really funny, and I have a joke about old people, um, and how I date old people. Be careful. I'm old yeah. now. <laughs> we are all, yeah. And I was like... Call me Dora because I'm swiping on these foxes, these silver foxes, like <laughs> tender that got and you over. through the contest. It was like <laughs> it was a tag that just made all the people who've seen Dora. And I love. It. I would have laughed it, at the mention of Dora. People underestimate referencing kids programming. Yeah, that is way out of our age range. But right. it's like, but like if you have children, or if you were just a kid when Dora was a thing, which was me. Um, Plus my niece, watching it with my niece and stuff. I'm just like, it worked because everyone's like, oh, I get it. Swiping like, and then swiping like Swiper, the the dog, or the dog, the fox. (laughs) An audience on a weeknight at like 12 a.m. at the high dive, a lot of the parent kids references will land, but in a A club format, where this is the night out, people have babysitters, what are they watching? The babysitters? Babies. Right. Kids. 
So I love it. Yeah, they're not like dive bar degenerates. They're real people who have day jobs and yeah. Hey, I write comedy. These dive bar degenerates. <laughs> what is the? Give us some highlights though of the second night. Like, what was there any like big? Kyle moments? advanced. Thank yes. goodness we we can take him off suicide watch. Love you, Kyle. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> no, everyone knows who loves Kyle knows it like. Kyle takes his contest seriously. Sure, but I think this year he was of the mindset that there's so many opportunities that this didn't really need to be put on a pedestal. And I think he also benefited from the same thing we were talking about. Less than a week of prep time to get in your head. Just get it in and get it out. I mean, like, for me, I definitely don't, like, handle contest well. I get super stressed out. Like, last year when I did the House of Hijinks competition, and, I mean... It was a cool thing that I won, but I definitely was a new comic right. having to write 15 minutes of material when I had never even wrote five. So you're a contest winner coming into a contest? That doesn't seem fair. <laughs> Who'd you take down in the hijinks contest? Brent Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was still working stuff. He was a transplant from their comedy scene. He hadn't yet acclimated to Portland audience. <laughs> well, like, I hadn't even acclimated to comedy quite yet, so... <laughs> Um, no offense, but... I also made an offhand racial, racial remark that swung it in Imani's favor. Yeah, that's, that's in your wheelhouse, Brent. Seems like something you got heckled. My back was against the wall. What else could I do? Oh my do? gosh, yeah, you got heckled pretty bad at Mega Sookies. <laughs> that lady thought that my joke was racial. Just because you said the word Asian. She but was it wasn't. Like, I asked her to explain to me why, and then when she realized that it wasn't racial, she kind of shut up and we moved on. It didn't ruin the whole set, but I thought it might because it was in like the second minute of 15. And that woman is the significant other of my coworker. Oh. So I got to hear all about it from the other side. Because really? I was outside smoking weed with a different co-worker. <laughs> well, I mean... And I got the recap. What was her version of it? Her version of the story was... Well, you know what? It just wasn't that funny. Okay. But it wasn't... <laughs> but it was but it not racist. racist. Which is what she accused it of being. Anyways. Neither here nor there. Stick to the contest. <laughs> no, no, no. Let, let, let's sit in racial <laughs> comedian edgelord Brent Lowry's favorite thing to do, which is tiptoe on that line of, is this white presenting guy racist, or is he not? <laughs> and then at the very end, he says, surprise, I'm like part Asian. And like, oh, that's all good. Well, I, I got to tell her, I was like, you know he's not white. And she's like, mm. <laughs> Anyway, they broke up, I think. I, uh, <laughs> that's that's funny. to worry about it. She's Night in, two. Insignificant other now. So Kyle Adams, one of the... So the, just to knock it out of the way, you know, there's some great comics on advancing from night two. Our very own Imani. Yes. Kyle Adams. Yes. And enemy of the podcast, Robbie Sherman. Boo, 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 Book the Creasy Crashly Brothers, Robbie, or you're never getting on this podcast. <laughs> That's why we do it. Did we actually talk about who advanced from night one? Because we didn't. Yeah, we did. Uh, we said Maricha. Brent Lowry, okay. Maricha, and Dan Weber. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Everyone was dying to know. <laughs> Again, for the third so, time. Shout out to Tanner <laughs> Torkelson, who did what every young comic's supposed to do after okay. getting bounced. That. And <laughs> go to another set afterwards. He did like two mics after the contest. Yeah, so wow. yeah he came to Sookies. And, and you know what he did last night? He drove to Boise, Idaho. For probably a ten-minute guest set, you can do it. Do it. He's the man. He works hard. He's been to Medford like 
three times already. He puts in month. the social time. I've seen him singing karaoke with comics during a pandemic. We put our lives at risk to socialize and better ourselves as a comedy community. I also, karaoke is just really fun. Yes. It's fun. You guys are a part of the karaoke group. It's like audience <laughs> methadone. It's like, we can't get any more comedy spots, but we can get attention still. Yeah. <laughs> sure. That's exactly what I did after um, the show. I went and did karaoke. But you should do. Just like either if I win or you lose. What kick it off and, with? What song did you kick it off with? Um, the, show? the first song that I did was "Call It What You Want" by Foster the People. That's her go-to. That's one of my go-to songs. But I was a little drunk, so I messed it up. But then the next one I did was "Hotline Bling" by Ooh. Drake, and that went amazing. Well, I she had like, Hewitt as a backup dancer, which is always Hewitt <laughs> in the clutch. Sure. Hewitt Shout out to Hewitt, through. who made the, a, a very respectable decision to not enter this year. He just wants to support his friends. He was there both nights supporting. Friend of the podcast, Hewitt Packenstecker. Hewitt Packenstecker is literally the best. Um, Got a big, a big show coming up on Monday. Oh my big goodness. show. Kyle Kinane headlining. At Laugh Basement. Monday, June 6th. Six. It's going to be so fun. I'm so happy for him. I know Kyle Kinane just showed up at a laugh basement once. No invite. He just showed up. (laughs) You need him to just show up at Sookie's. (laughs) Yeah. Kyle Kinane, if you're listening, Sookie's has really good tacos. (laughs) Korean fusion. There you go. That's what I'll be and eating. And it's only a short food. drive from Beaverton. That's right. It's on the way. Yeah, there, it's on the uh, way. Were there uh, any other sets you remember that from people that didn't advance that are worth shouting out on the night, um, There was this girl, Anastasia Deem. Um, this is going to suck. I can't remember where she's from. But she had an accent, and she had mentioned Russia. Accents are hilarious. And she had some Russia really funny, not. dark jokes. I mean, she did lose the crowd when she said the um, F word. But prior oh, to no. that... The letter F word? The... Yeah. The one that TC says. <laughs> yeah. Hey, she she lost it a little she's bit. And, but she started off so strong. Um, and then there was the... also got... Person who went after me. Gino Macarino. Gino Macarino. Some, some big laughs. And then we have friend of the show... Hannah S.K. Hannah S.K. killed... She did this joke about the shower and how the shower curtain will stick to you and you throw water at the shower curtain so that it can get off of your skin. And then she like pointed out, she was like, you probably haven't heard anyone talk about the shower during this contest. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> no one has. Hannah SK got one of my comps for Tuesday's round. And then after the show told me... Congrats on advancing. I voted you sixth. <laughs> I was like, fuck. <laughs> no, if you get a comp, you gotta put him up there, right? <laughs> I mean, you don't. You're not obligated. Hey, I told my my comp people that vote. But for we'll who see. You we'll see if she gets it. Heart. We'll see if she gets it. I was told in earlier years from this is some inside baseball on the contest scoring that they subtracted however many first place votes. Like, like, however many comps you had, like your comp list, they subtracted that many first place votes from your score. So that sounds like rumors. Ten points? Yeah. Huh. 
don't they all put that. you as number one. I don't believe it either, but that's from some high ups in the contest. I heard some stuff about how we get voted, and I was like, there's ah, been like three different, four different, five different managers. They're like, if yeah, you bring 40 that's... people, then you start getting points taken away. And I'm like, there's been two managers, right? They have the same. Oh, okay. All right. There was an interim. There was this mean one at first who came from like Philadelphia. And mm-hmm. was like, hey, people in Portland don't understand comedy. So you need to give me 40 hours notice or you're going to be filming comedian sets. I'm like, what the F? Anyway, I want to get into that again. <laughs> Two nights down. The cool thing about my round is actually Adam Posse, after everyone finished performing. Um, also, Kenneth Tam did really well. He went. I Kenny. Think, I think he went before me. I can't remember. Yeah, he was. Um, in, he was fourth, according yes. to this. He the the lineup on the um, the email was almost very similar. The only thing is, Gino on the email is before me, but it was actually after me. And then Ray Oaks didn't show up. No Ray Oaks. No Ray Oaks. Maybe I felt we'll bad later because a lot of people didn't get an yeah. email at all, and I was one of those people. So I. Had someone else forward the emails it's so to me. Confusing. It was it sucked. I was just like, as soon as I didn't get the email, I was like, well, these new comics, people who are doing it for the first time, they, they, they are know. not going to even. And know they're to not show in up. the community because they, they we're not they're not like talking to people about it like we are constantly. Well, the good news is they probably weren't. Portland's funniest. You don't know. You don't know. Well, we'll never know. Well, yeah, we'll never so Ray, know because they didn't get the opportunity. Ray Carson, come on the podcast and make us people laugh. Do really well. I mean, our own Kelly Ryan. Hey, we had that first Seventh Avenue J. Flewelling advanced his first and only time. Yeah, he talks about that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Took down Shane Torres, who eventually won the contest. Imani Imani followed Shane Torres uh, like two two weeks ago. Oh, yeah? Um, At Siren Theater. I did Faded Comedy. Oh, Faded Comedy with Mike Malloy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with Mike Malloy. And then I. Shout out. She held her own. I had to go after Shane Torres. The shitty thing about it was I didn't know who he was. <laughs> Why would you? I don't know. I just had no idea who Shane Torres was until they Bert started Kreischer's from opener. Portland. I told her that, and she was like, "Who's Burt Kreischer?" Like Guy Fieri's biggest fan, Shane Torres. And I haven't even heard the joke yet, but one of these days I will listen to it. One of these days. But they were talking about. Um, How do you feel about everything bagels? They're fine. Well, Not shouldn't my they favorite. cost more? That's one of his Wait, others. Did you finish the story about what Adam did? Oh, yeah. Adam Posse. After we all did Sorry. our sets, everyone's voting, he had a piece of paper in his hand, and he had written a joke about every single one of us, which he didn't do the first night. But he had a joke about me and Kenneth Tam, and he was oh, like... Kenny. He's like, I think Imani should take Kenneth Tam's virginity. <laughs> and I was like, that's such a funny joke. Because I would said, never do that. He said he's that grooming. grooming. He's playing Kenny. Cu- he's grooming. He's, he's like, playing Kenny. Cupid. <laughs> yeah, no, he's matchmaking. Matchmaking. Yeah. He made a joke about Kyle Adams. Third party grooming is what I call it. And he did make a joke about Robbie Sherman. I can't remember. He also said I'm in sure my, he's like, all jokes I think he about Robbie Sherman. All. He's, I've heard him say at Botanist once, give it up for Robbie Sherman. He did his whole, his soul set in falsetto. <laughs> <laughs> his joke about Kyle Adams, he's like, Kyle Adams lost 70 pounds. And made every single fat comic hate him. Oh, good, good, good on you. He did say he was going to start doing that because he said he had one ready for me, but he didn't do them the first night. 
because um, he didn't get one for everybody. But that's a fun thing to do. It keeps him engaged and listening. And it was really nice because he said, I think Imani should win it all, which I was just like, these people are voting right now. You wouldn't have put me as number one. Yeah, right? It was after they <laughs> okay. voted, right? No, right. it was while they were, he came on, on stage uh, and he so did So he that. influenced the, wow. Okay. I had just walked in and everyone's voting and I was like, I don't want to see your papers. At first I was sitting towards the back and I was going back to the table with um, Juan and Kayla and Hewitt to sit at the table with them. Question, question. Should stand-up comedians who are attending the contest, who are also performing in the contest, be allowed to vote? No. Of course not. 100% night. No, so it was like, even if you're not that night. Yeah, oh, 100%. 100%, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. They should? But yeah. it's just not the same, like, us performing on our night, we shouldn't be able to vote. But in other people's rounds... But like, say yeah. you're Robbie Sherman, right? You've advanced, this is your Jesus, second I, year I, in a I've row. already killed myself. <laughs> in this hypothetical, I've already... And it's like, I'm mind. Robbie Sherman, I, I'm at Wednesday, June 1st, Dylan Jenkins is on it, I'm going to vote him zero, right? That's something Robbie would do. Well, here's the thing about right. my round. That's why I call him shitbag Sherman. That's why I call him that. Um, I didn't put um, Dan Weber very high on my he list. He doesn't need it. Neither did I do the same with Maricha. I put Ooh. other people higher up on Man, my the, list. The Topo Chico's got you spilling um, secrets. <laughs> but it's not because they didn't kill it. It was just because it was so hard, it's hard. to vote. Because everyone brought their best material forward. I wish I had, had been there and I could because I'm impartial. I think that the comedians that watch the, most of the comedians voting that are there to, and watch the whole thing, they have probably some of the fairest votes because it's they true. see you night in, night out. They're not going to be like, that guy had a killer set. They equalize. They equalize pandering. They remove biases mm-hmm. by being like, this person's put in the work. They okay. know if you've told that thing better a different time, they go, "That's I've seen them have a better set. They, they might hold you. I think that they have some of the fairer votes. Yeah, I think I, I had to be at the at the end of it, like, because I probably turned in my ballot, like, right before they were like, you got to turn it in or you're out. Um, but I was, I was struggling because... Where did you have I, Brent? <laughs> <laughs> um, number one. Number one! All right, let's talk about Brent's set. <laughs> Listeners at home, let's take a listen at Brent's favorite part of his set right now. Now, clap if you've done drugs with your parents. <laughs> clap if that was a drug other than marijuana. <laughs> okay, we got a lot of fun people in the house. Let's just go with the front row. What was the drug? Cocaine. Cocaine. <laughs> Not typically a good parental bonding drug. You don't want to find out your parents' real priorities. That's what cocaine will do. Mom or dad? Dad. He's right there? Yeah. Wait, okay. Okay. <laughs> he pointed to his dad, and his dad pointed to this weird-looking guy. I can only assume it's their cocaine dealer. <laughs> and that, that really does check out. <laughs> Crowd work in a contest? Brett, holy shit, are you a madman? <laughs> How do you decide to do that? Oh man, that's so cool that you said that. I've been getting nice feedback from it. But I was uh, blown away by your crowd work. Like I've seen you do that same crowd work before, but that level and like that response you got was well. I mean, you just 
you you got like gold from like immediately from the audience, and then even more. And he just kept pulling gold. We call that oval team. It uh, <laughs> it had to be quick. I knew that if I went into that bit, whatever I got from somebody, I was only going to be able to do one quick joke on it, and then go into the thing I closed with, which is my own experience smoking with my dad. Is crowd work a different part of the comedy brain than jokes? Um, yeah, but... It must be, because some people just don't have it, and are hilarious. But there's people who are really good at it that I, like, watch a lot, like Jake Silverman and Ikes, that just, like, ask the extra question, and they don't try to make the first joke immediately, they're legitimately curious, and they find bigger laughs. Genuine curiosity helps. It does. They listen. Uh, they don't condescendingly immediately talk down to the audience. And so, but, but my crowd work bit was also like it's pre-planned. So I have a lot of directions that I've taken that. Like, I ask, what was the drug? Which parent? And what was the occasion? I didn't even get to the occasion because for the first time ever since I've done that bit, the parent that they did the drugs with was right next to them. I know. We just heard the bit. <laughs> So it ended up. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so it ended up just working out that it, it could be quick, uh, but that's been a consistently funny bit, no matter what direction it goes. So I think it just, I don't know, it took it to the next level after the yeah. actual material, and that's it's, how it's I closed. A, it's a balance, right? I think if someone for their six minutes of a contest set, if they did all six minutes of crowd work. Even if it's good, people will be like, well, they said originality, and they were just talking to the audience. But right. to be able to go in, find some gold or oval team, find some oval team, it's oval team, it's gold, Jerry, um, and then get back on to, now I'm demonstrating that I came also with this story or these joke, 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 or these, and so I think it's a great, I think. Thank I, you. It worked. The Thank proof you. is in. It was so fun. The advancement to this quarter. Yeah, how did it feel having not advanced? Last year, we're in, or in any, because last year when I told you I've done the Denver Comedy contest, veteran. I've done San Diego. That's the first time I've advanced in any contest, so it did feel good having my name read. But so for the record, Amani had advanced and won a contest before you'd ever even advanced. Oh, the House of Hijinks one. I guess that counts too because we, we made it. We made it to the, the finals, finals of that. But it did feel. I mean, it's the it's Portland. It's the helium. It's it's, the big it's, it's still that extra level where uh, no matter what, for the next. 11 weeks I get to still be in it so it, that quarterfinals semifinals finals is going to come so fast that in three weeks it'll be over and you won't even really remember and as you get further away you never really remember who advanced except for like True. the finalists trust me I, I but know. it's nice for the whole summer to be able to be like well yeah I guess I'm still in it I can still work out all these new jokes and see mm, that would fit that would work because I'm not going to do the same set why would you well, you should if it works. I'm going to do the Brent jokes because it's fun. To, when it's a contest and people are voting, if I say my name ten times up top, then they kind of remember it. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't I feel like I have to have such a unique name. Sure. And typically I'm the only black female on the lineup, so I'm like, if you sure. don't remember me, you're racist. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've heard that in the contest before, literally. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was um, Drew Grizzly's thesis. <laughs> <laughs> Like, fuck reparations. Put my name on this <laughs> uh, Drew Grizzly, I also heard, had a great, he had a great set. set. AC Maybe had a great went a little set. long, but that happens. AC sure. O'Neal, I believe. On the he told me that he also went over time. AC? He was my number three. And he, like, the first 
I want to say the first four minutes of his set, it was just, no one stopped laughing. They just were laughing, 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 laughing. High energy is great in contests, because you're in there for five minutes, and if you're just yelling the whole time, it, it it's electric sometimes. He, he was my minutes. number three. I really was very proud of him. I've seen him so many times perform, and I was just like, wow, this is like the best thing you've ever brought to the contest, or to a even open mic. Well, I've only ever really seen him at open mics in like maybe two or three shows. I wasn't there, but AC O'Neill would have been on my top three too, just because I'm partial to Irish names on black men. <laughs> <laughs> and also not racist. No, I'm very racist. <laughs> I, I was cultivated in a system of racism. How can I not be? Me uh, speak, claiming to not be racist makes me a racist. So oh my, oh my God. I'm proving to our listeners that I am not a racist by saying I'm a fucking racist. <laughs> okay. That is some horrible very interesting. Yes, very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I understand it. So there you it's go. It's interesting and it makes sense. He's like, I will never say that I'm woke, right? Because that's a past participle. I'm constantly being awakened by my own fucking stupidity and unconscious biases. But anyway, and then by saying that, you're like, I'm willing to learn. And I'm also saying that I've had a lot of caffeine in a short amount of time before this podcast. I was just saying <laughs> there's mushrooms in that yerba mate. This is a ayahuasca flavor. It's <laughs> <laughs> profound what you're spitting. It's enlightened mint. So <laughs> we just heard Brent advancing set. Now, listeners, we're going to give you an extra special treat and take you on a journey with Amani's set. I've been trying my best to like reintroduce myself because like I, I'm single and I just became single and I'm, I want guys to know that I'm like fun and I'm adventurous and a risk taker and I don't want to do all that word stuff. So I want, <laughs> I just been going around telling guys I'm on birth control. <laughs> a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I am. <laughs> Not to be honest, like I just got re- um, birth control installed uh, recently. <laughs> I got it installed. <laughs> I upgraded myself um, <laughs> pretty recently. <laughs> no, I, I mean I got it done. Um, like it's a boob job. I got it done. <laughs> no, I got it because like I'm tired of my period and I'm hoping like this works to like get rid of that thing. Is it so annoying? Like, with every tampon I pull out, I feel like I come up with, like, a new battle um, band name, you know? Like, I've got a few, so. <laughs> Blood Bubbles, I think that that's so great. <laughs> the Bloated Ragers. <laughs> and the Most Metal, you'll love this one, okay, I promise. Black Tar Bleeding, I think that that is so hardcore. <laughs> I love it. Whoa. <laughs> Period bands, blow internship, what are we talking about? Either one, which is, uh, both of them were really great jokes. I think that the period bands joke went super, super well. Um, I have a line in that joke where I say, I got an IED installed. And because it's it got like such a, a laugh, it was almost immediate where I was just like, like I'm a robot. Like, I, And then immediately after that, which I've never really said that this before, but I was just like, when I got it done, which I don't think I've ever said, like, when I've gotten it done, or when I got it done. And then once I said that, my brain just said, boob job. And I was like, I, just, I say it like I got a boob job or something. 
which I clearly haven't gotten the blue job, but everyone Maybe laughs a reduction. again. You never know. <laughs> I want these even smaller. <laughs> I want. I was like, I want these little tiny things even small. I want them to be inverted. I want a whole negative convex. I don't know. It's like you know how people do like those shots on their stomach? I want people to be able to drink out of the inverted Oh, view. yes. My favorite kind of shot. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> I know. But yeah, it was, it worked really well. To, and it was very, like, loose. It made me feel like, oh, I'm listening to myself. So what did we and not like, hear? Like, what were you thinking? Like, should I do this joke? Did you leave anything on the cutting room floor? Gosh, I actually have my set list with me, but, um... There was a joke that I was going to end with where um, I call it after sex. But then I also had another one that was it's either one I could alternate with, which is my mayo man, like dating white guys and like the crazy things that I've heard them say to me. Oh, <laughs> um, like what? Well, like guys calling me chocolate all the time, like beautiful, sexy chocolate woman, chocolate, and I'm like, well, I've never called like, it. To your face, or like on like dating apps? On dating apps. Both are but like, gross. I don't think I've ever been called chocolate to my face. Which, Why is thank that? God. I feel like they think they know it's offensive. there is a boundary? <laughs> Why is it not offensive? I don't know. I guess there is. Like when you're behind a screen, yeah. no one can hit you. But if you're in front of them, they can probably hit you or verbally hurt your feelings, and I think the verbal is stronger than sure. the written sometimes. But yeah, I compare it to being like, oh, I like mayonnaise, and I don't call you a mayonnaise man. <laughs> it works every time. It works every single time. And I had a joke that I, it's like one of my most popular reels. Um, and Why are you putting jokes up on the Instagram? I Follow am. Imani at... Um, underscore, nope, just like, um, Imani Denae underscore, and I also have another Instagram, underscore weirdho. Um, that's my favorite. And that's the one where I posted this joke that I was going to tell, and I call it Kobe George. Um, it compares George Floyd's death to Kobe's death. Probably, probably okay to not do that. <laughs> my eyes left was like, a George Foreman Kobe Bryant joke? <laughs> He's no. grilling. Are we grilling mambas here? What's going on? Weird. No. <laughs> to me, the joke is about being insensitive and just wanting sex. Mm. So, like, pretending like fake you... Sympathy. Yeah, fake sympathy. Oh. Which yeah. is why the joke works is because people were being... Having this fake sympathy during the protest and being like, oh, oh I want to... Literally, guys were like, I want to protest with you. <laughs> Ew. And it's like, that's so shitty and weird. Like... What are you trying to gain from this? But then I'm like, oh yeah, when Kobe died, I definitely was like, oh my god. Oh, they weren't using protest as like a euphemism. They're like, no, let's go to the streets, you and me, as like a date. Yeah, they're like... like, flex their allyness to be like, hey, just so you know, I'm out there. Do you want to go out there with me? We can hold hands and march together. All right, full disclosure. I used to work downtown when I was a singleman. There was Pioneer Square protest. Someone was like... I was matched with online. I was like, I'm downtown. I'm downtown. Well, there's a protest at Pioneer Square. Should we meet there? So I, I've done that. What was, was the cause? Was she black? <laughs> like, no, she was not black. I guess what was the cause? Uh, it, it was um, Trayvon Martin. Mm, I remember that was the <laughs> okay. old seems, school. That was the first protest I ever it went to in my life. It was not very lines. well attended. It wasn't. I remember being down there and my stepmom had given me like candles and it was probably just 
what was at the Pioneer Square was it, and it wasn't very many people. It was in the phase of, like, small people, and then, like, there'd be, like, a white dude being like, this is what we need. I'm like, I didn't come here to listen to you. You came here to get pussy. Exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, well, actually, I kind of needed him. I kind of needed him so that my day could be like, well, this guy's not doing that, right. so he's okay. Right. Anyway, it didn't work out. I'm glad it didn't. Yeah, no. Zimmerman's free. It didn't work out no. at all. Didn't. Yes. <laughs> didn't. In hiding, I hope. He should never make himself. Oh no, dude, that dude's like on like making money off of. He's on the circuit. He's on the hate circuit. There's him a and the circuit. I think him and Rittenhouse are like together now. Like, are they a couple? <laughs> They're just like just a couple of haters. Evil, evil white dude. <laughs> anyway, we are not here to talk. About <laughs> I was getting toxic that. white supremacy. Sure, I mean. You knew we were going to get there some at some point. At some point. Um, but I wanted to do that during the contest because I was like, maybe people will laugh at this joke where I compare George Floyd's death to, or how people responded to me when sure. it, he died, to how I legitimately did message a lot of guys and been like, I get it. Like, like it's George a, Flo- or Kobe's death is so hard for you. Sure. Let me hold you. <laughs> like you're, I get it. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll see it in the in future rounds. Maybe. maybe I'll get to it. It needs some work because a lot of times it's quiet. Got a lot of time. Like people don't necessarily love the joke, but it's my most popular reel. It, people, it's people who like it, they like it, they love it. What are you saying, Carson? I love it, but I was just kind of here in this moment listening to the rain come down on top of my house in Portland, Oregon. Heavy rain. Talking about the contest. It's like, what brought us here? Oh, what that's brought what that us? is. I was like, I've like got my headphones on. I was like, what is that sound in the background? What brought you all? What brought you two individually? What brought you to a comedy contest in Portland, Oregon? You started comedy in like the wake of a pandemic. How did we get here to the quarterfinals? Work. Um, I think that like, I became, I felt like deeply, madly in love with comedy to the point where I just couldn't stop. I had to be like aggressively writing and aggressively performing um, all of last year. So it made me feel a little bit more confident this year about what I wanted to, like where I wanted to take comedy. I think my biggest goal of 2022 was to be more edgy and say things that are a little bit more dark because I feel like I was a little. People kept saying to me, they're like, she's so sweet and innocent. And I'm like... Mm. We had jokes about going to church and being... Yeah, that's true. I did have jokes <laughs> about church and, like, family and just really things that were just... Like, no, check out my Instagram. Weird ho. Yeah. <laughs> that's my brand. That's, that's Not what church I'm... ho, it's weird ho. <laughs> that's what I, I'm trying to do is, like, make people see, like... The weird hoe profile is really who I am. The crazy shit that I say, the off the wall things that I have said on the weird hoe profile. Like I made a joke about shooting someone for a chicken sandwich on my weird hoe Instagram. You're about these chicken sandwich words. <laughs> They're crazy. <laughs> but yeah, like that. The that Instagram is truly like where the dark part of me went, and now I'm like, you know. I'm a comedian. I need to bring that dark stuff 
to my comedy, regardless of whether people look at my face and like, she seems so nice. Time traveling is relevant again. It's a new miniseries, Time Traveler's Wife. I've heard a time traveler goes back in time to self-filate his previous self from it. Anyway, what am I saying about time traveling? Let's take you back, time traveling, to your very first open mic. What mic was it? Are you giving yourself a pep talk? Are you saying, don't worry, there's cool stuff ahead? Are you giving yourself a warning? What are you telling yourself about your first open mic? Um, so my first open mic... Which wasn't that long ago! It was not that long ago. It was like September, middle, end of September. I think it was like September 24th or 23rd of 2019 at Kelly's Olympian. And Jaron George was the host of the open mic. Good first host. This was a Sunday? It was a Sunday mic. Um, and I remember I sat in the back of the the room, and I met another girl who it was her first time um, not doing comedy. She was actually I still talk to her this day. Her name's Heather. Um, can't remember her last name. Anyway, but she's from um, London, and she was here studying abroad at Reed College. And she was like smarty oh. pants school. Yeah, she was a smarty pants. She. Um, she was trying to like maybe calm my nerves. She's like, "It's okay. Like I've done this before. This is my first time doing it in the United States." And she was nervous, and I was nervous. Oh. And I invited some friends who didn't show up until literally I got on stage. And I think I was probably the twentieth person to get on stage. I invited them when the mic started. And, like my they had time to shit. order dinner, finish dinner, <laughs> yeah. then get there, and then get there for your three minutes. But they. They came and supported me, and Jaren ripped off of my set after I was done, which made me feel really good, because I was like, was okay. Like, you're welcome. Yeah, it was like, oh, your joke was funny, because here's something funny I can say because of it, which made me feel really good. And I... Shout out to Jaren. Jaren is... He's the best. He awesome. hosts a show when he's not busy opening for Gary Goldman at Revolution Hall, <laughs> uh, called Optimism. And is there a more performer appropriate name of a show no he's just he kills it i did his first optimism also that was the very first show i ever watched that was a comedy show um which was also back in 2019 i like went to it used to be at white house social so i went to white house social and i watched optimism and it was like a show i really wanted not even at the time i didn't even know how you got on shows you just um, show up, and they're like, hey, you look funny. You want to do the next one? Yeah, <laughs> I remember Michael Phelps was on that show. I think he's the only name I can remember. Um, How do you forget a name like that? Michael I remember Phelps. the first show I got booked on, the way we used to do comedy softball. And I'm kind of a butthead, and I would be, like, giving people a hard time. And then I, I was only in comedy, like, a month, and I haven't asked the, the dude, rest in peace, Kevin Clark Strouser. This is at TikTok on 82nd, a showcase there. And I asked him, I was like, why did you book me? Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. And he's like, oh, you were you were you're really funny at softball. I was like, I wouldn't book a comedy <laughs> show that way, but okay. Yeah. Sometimes people just gotta like you. If I could go back in time to my first open mic. No, that question wasn't for you, Brent. <laughs> were you done in mind? Um, yeah, I mean that I'm was done. the very first time I ever did comedy. I think <laughs> the next time I did it, I did it like in January of twenty twenty. So, so like, I really didn't do it in it. I remember doing my first mic, but that was so awesome. I'm doing it again next month. I thought this was Imani's question. Why are we talking about your first mic? 
Because I am a narcissist. <laughs> and he's the host. And this is he's my house. Host. It's Brendan's podcast. He doesn't even talk. It's I'm not called Carso, Brendan, yeah. what, what do you remember from your first memory of Imani? I remember where I, I remember where I met Imani, which is probably where you met Imani. I met Imani at Haymaker. That's what I thought. Haymaker, one of our very first mics post-vaccine. Yeah, oh. we were, it was one of our first times back, and I didn't know anybody... And I remember talking to Imani. She was nice. So they have that beat-up picnic table mm-hmm. where we all hang out because mm-hmm. no one wanted to be inside because mm-hmm. it was still pretty virusy. And I remember meeting Imani and being like, she's going to be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even seen her, but yeah. I hope she keeps with it because I will see her name on the quarterfinals. <laughs> and then the semis. Uh, and I was right. But not, not the finals. She just goes to the semis. <laughs> it, it, that's fine by me. I have no, like, fear. I mean, like, no hopes of being Portland's funniest this year. I think it would be kind of. I don't want to say it would be shitty, but I'm not funnier than the funniest comics in Portland. But do you know what I knew that first night at Amanda Lindell's Haymaker is I met you and just having a conversation. I was just like, oh, she has it. She has that thing that I will never, ever have, and that very few comics and humans will have. It's kind of like, I call it like 100% approval rating without even trying. It's like, most people who meet you are like, this person's kind and amazing and funny. And it's like, it's not to some people, it's like, I've, we all talk shit, I've never heard anyone say anything other than amazing stuff about you. I wish that was... Well, what you I never have. I used I to kind of neg man. her. I used to kind of neg her in that way, where I was like, "Yeah, you just have every crowd just loves you. I don't see what it. I, I don't know. What, I don't see it, but everybody else just seems it's to love you. It's easy to do comedy when everyone loves you. Can you try doing comedy when everyone hates you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, she just goes out there and talks, and everyone's just on the edge of their seat somehow. Like, oh, here come the racist brothers again. Try winning a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that people listen. I i don't know that I'm always funny when I go up on stage, but no, you know, people always listen, which is nice. Then then I realize when I'm not funny, I'm like, I hear them listening, which means they hear that I'm bad. You know, <laughs> so, sometimes they don't even listen. Yeah there's, yeah, there's so many open mics you can go to where you will never be heard, and so those are... The ones that I don't enjoy as much. I'm like, oh yeah, people are just going to walk around talking. Alright, Brent. Time travel with Brent. You're (laughs) back in time. You woke up. You're naked, because that's how time travel works. Sure. You're you're outside of helium. (laughs) What is time traveler Brent naked before your (laughs) contest set this year going to tell you this year? So you're going back in time. To Tuesday night? 72 hours. Uh, I don't know how long Tuesday night ago. I'm bad at hour man. you're talking about like his first open No. Night. Different <laughs> question. No, no, no. I'd say stick to Different the Different question. Stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. That's the it. plan was crowd work going in? That was When did you decide you were going to do crowd work in the contest? Friday night. I told Hewitt when we were at MFP, I was like, I think that's what I'm going to do. Because it's been consistently getting these new stories that end up being funny. Uh,. Last night was one of the first nights in Portland that I've asked that question that nobody in the audience had done a drug other than marijuana with their parents. Because, like, I don't know, this is a city where... We just find the Everyone just looks like they did do drugs with their parents. Uh, 
they talk like it. So, um, that wasn't how I started. That was how I closed. But it was the it, it it made up for jokes that weren't working. I was like, this just makes the most sense. If it's loose and it works, it's the risk I want to take, um, and I'll live with the results. And it so gives I, you an out. If you didn't advance, it's like ah, I was doing crowd work. I was being <laughs> I was being extreme, and I fell. Yeah, there's there's always yeah 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 yeah. There's there's ego protection in that, and I know something about that. I've done the contest as a character like three or four times, and I have like I knew almost immediately. I'm like that's just a cowardly thing to do, because at the end of the day, on the ones I was like I'm so crazy at comedy, I'm doing it not even as me. I'm not even doing it as my gender. Right. When I did a Golden Girl version of comedy, uh, but then it's also like yeah, but then you get to tell your ego that ah, they just didn't like that character and you get to move on. For so sure. When you're doing it with you, with your stories, with your vulnerability, when you're talking about your housemate's dead dog that they're burying in the yard. <laughs> Call back. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's more relatable, I think ultimately more likable than like, look at this crazy weird shit I just saw that made me laugh. So, I don't know. Yeah, and then also, you know, the contest doesn't matter, which is something to remember. So, like, even if you take the risk and it doesn't pay off... Why are we podcasting? <laughs> it matters and it doesn't. Like, you, it, that's also for ego protection, but it's true. Uh, you could win the contest and it doesn't make you a star or make you a great comedian. You still have a lot of work to do afterwards, so even if you take a risk and it doesn't pay off... You still have to go do another open mic the next day. And so that's win or lose. Well, let's talk about that. Great transition. You know, what's next for after the contest? You got your future contest sets? Any shows coming up you're excited about? Anything like that? It's a busy month. For, busy month. For me. Hell yeah. Doing Aftermath on Alberta, at Alberta Street Pub on the 2nd. Doing the Backyard Show on the 4th. Yeah, that's what I would plug. Doing a show in Selwood on the 6th. No, on the fifth. It's pretty much if you go to a live comedy show next month in Portland, you're gonna see Imani. Yeah, probably Mega Sookies. Mega Sookies. Mega Sookies. June seventh. Nice. Yeah. With Maviola. Mega June and Mega Sookies. That's right. And tell us about Giggles Gone Wild. Yes. So me, Hewitt, and Rochelle Cochran are doing a new show called Giggles Gone Wild. Um. June 30th is going to be our first show date, and I'm really excited for it because it's going to be, I believe, a monthly show, hopefully not the last Thursday, but that's what it is. The only reason why I say hopefully not the last Thursday because Laugh Basement is still a thing, and that might be too close to Hewitt's Laugh Basement if it's the last Thursday and the first Monday is also... Well, you can figure it. We out. can figure it out. Hewitt's got the magic. Hewitt's got the magic for everybody. Yeah, but it's going to be a great show. The venue is amazing. I can't wait to like be able to announce, announce it. The details in the works. Yeah, details in the works. Are those went frustrating? On of it. Big announcement coming soon. I would love to just tell people, but that's not what we're, we decided as a group. Let's not do it. So I won't do it. But it's a great venue. I'll just say it's in Southeast Portland. I love Southeast. So, bought a house here. Yeah. Speaking of property in Southeast, that has comedy specific to Seventh Avenue. Backyard shows kick off June fourth 
3307 Southeast Wait, 7th Avenue. Did they bury that dog under the stage? Oh, Are yeah. we going to be performing comedy on, <laughs> on top of it? a recently buried dog? She's still probably got some like hair and skin left. It was only a month ago. I don't know how. When you fast. said hair and skin, I got we really he showed <laughs> us where she's buried, where Jones buried. So we like pay tribute at his birthday party. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's gonna be sitting. It's like behind a shed, like okay. a shed. But it's by the I'm shed. Still by do the that. Tr- it's by the trash can. I'm gonna do that joke, and I'm also gonna have the ripcord of like. You am I bombing? Am I bombing in my own backyard right now? <laughs> Which is gonna be fun. Uh, the ghost of Joni is not yeah. gonna like that joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But right, there, it's June 4th and June 25th. Then there's one in July and August. But whoa, whoa, whoa. we yeah. don't go that far. June 4th and 25th. The Crashleys will be there. Well, we live here. What's well, not here? We've covered yeah. the contest. We've covered what came before the contest. Let's but, cover mental you know, health. As the intro song promises, it's comedy contest, depression, and fun. We like to talk about wellness, mental health, especially comedians. Um, not all of them. Some of them are psychopaths that don't struggle with mental health. Um, That's wild to but, me. You know, it's contest season. Emotions are high and low, then high and low again. What, what have you all been doing to stay sane during contest season this year? This time around, because last year when I did the contest for House of Hijinks, um, because I was so new of a comic and the way that the contest worked, it was like first set you do five minutes, second set you do ten minutes, third set you did fifteen minutes. No repeats. And no repeats of jokes. Wow. That was the rule. And I had never even written that much. I hadn't even... That's a lot of material. It was fun. I don't got it. It was scary for me because I just, I'd never done it. I I don't even remember doing five minutes. I'm over That's like 30 that minutes total of material. And then the winner has a 30 minute set at a showcase Another thing that I was just like, I've never done this. Like, I hope I don't win. Well, then, did you do your 30 minutes? I did my 30 minutes. It went fair. <laughs> it went fair. <laughs> fair assessment. Like, my mom has it on her Instagram. I, like, rewatched it for, like, the first time, like, maybe six months after I actually did it. And I was like... Yeah, that was not a good comic. Yeah, I deleted a lot of my early sets, and by early I mean everything in the first five years. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like hard. I'll probably to watch. delete everything that's on now. Carson played me like one of his old, old, old sets, and it was like, holy shit, who is this dude? I was in my twenties. Um, it was a different <laughs> time. Yeah, yeah. I'm really yeah. excited to share a straight dude's perspective on the gay pride parade and maybe got a little too excited (laughs) being a uh, tourist in that space and then taking my shitty observations to a stage hence constantly being awakened yes i think that i had jokes about things that weren't relevant to my life anymore that i was trying to do and it's just because i had written it so i was just like i wrote this joke at some point in my life it has nothing to do with who I am now, but I'll try it anyway. And it was very stressful. Like, I definitely had felt the pressure. Comedy's stressing you out. What do you do? Well, now I take a break from it. Yes. But before, I just kept going until my brain exploded, and all I could think of is how I could get out of it. Yeah. Which 
could be just taking a break from it. But my brain is like, get sick. You know if you're sick, you can call out of everything. Wellness MVP of the contest so far, Huey. Huey P. Just check out if it's stressing you out. Even if you've signed up, you can say no thanks, and that is fine. Life yeah. goes on. You'll have amazing As sex. long as you let the management know. You can do it. You don't even have to. No, you it can says do if you just no-show, then it could it could jeopardize your opportunities you and, know what? and likes in the future. You can still do comedy if you don't do helium. Sure. Mm-hmm. I guess that's uh, that's true. I mean, that, they, is, they, they, that is the biggest truth. Of that's something to definitely us, keep so in mind. They won't allow us. No, they treat us nice. They give us spots, but whatever. Yeah, I, the, to the mental health thing, that's why when Jaron said he wanted to switch because he had a scheduling thing and he was in the first round I was like let's do it because I'd rather do four days of worrying about what set I'm going to do sure then so you got it over with last year I was so I had it on a whiteboard I was like doing yeah just mapping everything out word for word no say this say that switch it up do it backwards (laughs) yeah it was insane it was not fun and I went up and you could tell it wasn't I wasn't having fun so this week or this year got it over with the, I was willing. I mean, I was ready to not make it and be, you know, because there's so, so much going on this summer already. But to just not think about it for the next couple months, that's kind of the goal. That's the goal. Brendo, how are you keeping your head clean? Um, I got my weed regimen. Hell yeah! And Medicaid. my antidepressants and therapy. Should those be used together? Yes, my child is calling. Of your, that helps me stay grounded. Is you know well, spending time hanging out with Lil family. helps me a lot. And it was, it's been hard lately because I couldn't hang out with Lil for over a week because COVID. COVID. Uh-huh. So yeah, I was just like virus. stuck up here. I was just hanging out in my room, uh-huh. and and that took a toll. You noticed you like missed being able to hang out with her. Oh, yeah, just being that isolated. But it was, it was also a lot of self-reflection and trying not to get too depressed about, because I was like really excited about getting to do the contest as a duo because I felt like we'd been really working hard and people were like, yeah, it's going to be great. And like when I was telling people like, yeah, we're going to do the contest as a duo, they're like, holy shit, that's going to be awesome. Maybe and, we should have asked before registering for the contest <laughs> yeah. if duos would be performing. You know what's cool? I'm excited to see you guys do Leave Your Troubles at the Door as a duo. Yeah. That show is so fucking fun. Coming up this next Friday. Third. Yes. Chris Hudson has something cool there. That show is fun. I I want to do it again because I think that... Did I do the first one? Yeah. I'm always doing the first of everything at Fun she House. Was literally the first, she was literally the first performer on Funny Jazz Talk, the first rendition of it. Kyle Kinane's on it tonight. It's gonna be so fun. Hopefully, I can get in because Kyle Kinane can run because Imani. <laughs> yeah, crawl. No, that's weird. Something. Yeah. I I created Kyle Kinane. He would do. He would be nothing. <laughs> 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 he doesn't As even know my name. Kyle Kinane has right. like what? appeared all over Portland. I still have not met him. Brendo, are you I doing? He's like our not him. so hidden comedy Sasquatch. <laughs> Brendo, are you doing a? Are you switching up your set this year from last year? Um, a little bit, like, I got one old part and then one new part. Nice. A little old, something new. Carson, what are you, you're bringing out, should we even talk about it? I don't know what I'm going to do. I, did I hear a rumor? You we have a new, no. <laughs> okay. we have a new plan. 
Okay. At all. We got we got something in store. But we gotta wait because, like I said, we're not even on the list right now. So yeah, if, if you make so like You're... Dan Weber every year, great advice. His annual column, of pretty much, if I could whittle it down, is you know if, if you go into the contest and your goal is to win. You're going to be disappointed. Uh-huh. If you go into the contest and you have goal, you know, more open-ended goals, such as I'm going to get a great tape, uh, I want to have my best set this year, or uh, maybe you just want to be like, hey, you know what, this contest wouldn't let me perform with my brother this year, so maybe my goal this year is to say, fuck you, contest, I'm going to do something really crazy and stupid, <laughs> and also protect my ego from vulnerability. And actually having to try and tell jokes. I think the pressure of getting a good tape also um, wasn't good for me. I mean, luckily, I think I got one. But But if you advance, you have another crack at the tape. Yeah, that's true. And that's probably what I will do next time. Is get yeah. well? Is it going to be same amount of jokes? More one. Oh, the the second is the quarterfinals the same? We don't know. Uh, I I have no idea the structure, but I think my whole goal with it is like it's so hard to get in to that rotation with their open mic like yeah I to be able to just get on their open mic every week would be amazing so to make an impression on the club that's kind of the goal like, that's the goal get noticed uh, by the club it's true I think I got a little notice I've done the open mic four times this year Ooh. Just the open mic. They gave itself. us five minutes the last time we did it. So Hell we're yeah, feeling pretty good. That's awesome. They yes. should give us six because there's two of us. And they give out three minutes. <laughs> I'm up like once every five weeks. So I'm like, I gotta crack something. This anti fraternalism in Portland College. No, <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of those spots, it's a numbers thing. It's, there's so many spots that are just spoken for. There's only probably 15 that actually, out of how many ever, like 60 that sign up every week. Sure. Yeah. So. It makes sense that it's once every four Improving or five weeks. the helium open mic batting average. Yeah, that's a good goal. That's it, yeah. Well, our goal for this first podcast was um, to have a great one. <laughs> and um, you have to try again. We'll next try week. again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> try again. This is really good. Uh, we, we feel good about this podcast? Yeah, I feel good about it. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. You guys are great. Thanks for having us. Thank you. That was a podcast about the contest and. There's more contests for both of you, so maybe we'll talk again soon. Yeah. Imani and I are dating. (laughs) 